Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, it's Mike. Nothing but the truth. My journey to find it. Going down a path that I don't really particularly want to, and I imagine most don't want to as well. Uh, Operation Chaos, CIA war against uh, the 60s counterculture by May Brussel. May she rest in peace in November 1976. One, death, drugs, and depression. Two, beautiful people. Three, the enemy. Four, the battleground. Five, the final. Helter Skelter. Give me, give me a shelter. One, death, drugs, and depression. American and British pop rock music during the 60s created an art form. It has been described as one of the most important cultural revolutions in history. Within a few years, between 1968, when I was born, and 1976, many of the most famous names associated with the early movement were dead. Uh, Mama Cass Elliott, earlier with the Mamas and the Papas, Jimi Hendrix, Otis Redding, Brian Jones, helped formed the Rolling Stones with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Janis Joplin were all at the Monterey Pop celebration in the summer of 1967. I guess it's Duane Allman Barry Oakley helped form the Allman Group with Duane and Greg Allman, Tim Buckley, Jim Croce, that is, uh, Richard uh, uh, Richard Farini, uh, Farina, Richard Farina, uh, Donald Reck, Jackson, road manager of the Grateful Dead, Michael Jeffrey. Jimmy Henner's personal manager, Brian Epstein, Beatles manager, Alan Jackson, drummer for Jackson, road manager for the Grateful Dead, Michael Jeffrey, Alan Jackson's drummer for Wilson Pickett, back up drummer for Otis Redding. Vinnie Taylor, Shanana, 
Paul T. Williams, chronographer for the Temptations and one of the original Temptations, Clarence White, Birds, Robert McIntosh, drummer, average white band, Jim Morrison, Doors, Pamela Morrison, Jim's wife, Rod McKern, McKernan, quote, pig pen, end quote, Grateful Dead, Phil Oaches, Graham Parsons, Birds, Flying Burritos, International Submarine Band, Singing with Emmy Lou Harrison, Saul Mio, Meredith Hunter, Victims of Ritual Killing at Altamont Festival, Steve Perron, lead singer of the children who wrote his songs for ZZ Top, Jimmy Reed, influenced many groups, combined harmonica with guitar, were a few possible victims. Families and friends accepted the musicians' depression or accidents as having to do with alcohol, drug uses, and or both was anything at was anything added to their beverages or drugs to cause personality changes and eventual suicides. Almost every death was shrouded with unanswered questions and mystery. Persons around the musicians had strange backgrounds and were often suspect. And of course, with uh, David McGowan's research, may he rest in peace, uh, connections with the military, right? A lot of them being military brats. Uh, uh, persons around the musicians had strange backgrounds and were often suspect. All these musicians were at the peak of a creative period, success at a time. They were offered LSD. Their personalities altered drastically. Optimism and gratification were replaced with doubt and misery. Why would young people with so much talent and influence as Phil Oches, O-C-H-S, Janis Joplin, Graham Parsons, and Brian Jones wallow in suffering self-doubt and despondency? They were all they were all loved, doing important contributions to their concerts and compositions, cutting new records, recognized for their talent. It just doesn't make sense. Jimi Hendrix and Mama Cass, Elliot and Steve Perron choking from their vomit. I doubt it. Phil Oaches or Oaches just happened to be 
touring Africa when a native, quote, robber, end quote, jumped after him and cut his throat as that, so that it affected his singing. The most political, political symbol of protest against the war in Vietnam, songwriter Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, and others, he selected for millions of U.S. Tour- tourists. <clears throat> are assaulted to his vocal cords. Incredible. Way back in 1966, that special year for the illuminated ones, huh? the American Broadcasting Corporation was planning to merge with International Telephone and Telegraph Company, ITT. ABC had put aside 100 thousand advanced for the first television special by writer poet Bob Dylan. The production was to climax the season. <clears throat> On Saturday, July thirtieth, nineteen sixty six, Bob Dylan had a motorcycle accident. Dylan never got on the air and ABC never merged with ITT. The merger required a lack of protest from the antitrust division of the Justice Department. No comment. By now, you know what I'm thinking. In addition to Dylan, Steve Wonder, Stevie Wonder, Eric Clapton, and Dave, Dave Mason Band, many others suffered near fatal accidents. And the nine years in which the musicians allegedly overdosed, drank themselves to death, drove over cliffs, hung themselves, choked and crashed their motorcycles, went insane and freaked out without any reasonable explanation, were the same years that the FBI and CIA waged a domestic war against any kind of dissent. Was Lenny Bruce the first victim? How about Jack Kerouac? Did Bruce pay his dues for comparing the United States police to Hitler's Gestapo? Was all the fuss about dirty words only a cover story? And an important part of the neutralizing any group is to kill and discredit the leaders. The Monterey pop set the combined government agencies in motion. Quote, Never again was there a festival such as the one that took place that weekend in 1967. Never was there another event where over 30 rock groups were inflated by no more that the joy of an enraptured audience and the gorgeous pleasure of performance itself. There were eight, nine, ten times as many people running rock festivals taking place only two years later. There was never another Monterey. The weekend 
was too intoxicating, too radiant, too pure. Janis Joplin buried alive. Uh, Myra Friedman. <clears throat> Not of a lot of uh, you know noticed a lot of Jewish names in there too. By 1968, the FBI's counterintelligence program and the CIA's Operation Chaos had included among their long list of domestic enemies, quote, advocates of new lifestyles, end of quote, quote, new left, end of quote, apostles, another quote here, apostles of nonviolence and racial harmony, end of quote, and, quote, restless youth, end of quote. The justification for indexing 300,000 law-abiding citizens into files and wiretapping and bugging and burglarizing offices was rationalized on the basis that violence was prevalent and cities were burning. Now we find out that being, quote, nonviolent, end quote, and wanting, quote, racial harmony, end of quote, according to recent congressional investigations, was also a crime. The meeting place for this social, economic, and soon-to-become-political revolution was at the folk festival, rock concerts, peak, excuse me, free park love-ins, at FM radio stations, or home with favorite records. In the music, there were many messages. American youth were provided with a wide variety of radio stations to manage. Alternative news sources, uh, new ways to learn what was going on in the world. For the first time, young Americans found themselves with enough space and time to communicate. The space was the entire continent, then the the globe, or the plane, as I would like to say. They wandered. Many left home in large numbers, seeking contact with strangers and distant communities. The time was often 24 hours each day. They dropped out from established institutions. Uh, clocks disappeared. Musicians were bringing these new this these young people together from faraway places. And of course the government was involved in behind all this too, was it? This is what Mick Jagger in nineteen sixty seven, I guess, had to say. Quote, I see a great deal of danger in the air. Teenagers are not screaming over pop music anymore. They are screaming for much deeper reasons. We're only serving as a means of giving them an outlet. Pop music is just just a superficial tissue. When I'm on stage, I sense that teen- teenagers are trying to communicate to me like a, like by tele- telepathy, a message of some urgency. Not about me or my music, but about the world and the way they live. I interpret it as their demonstration against society, its sick attitudes. Teenagers the world over are wearing of being 
pushed around by half-witted politicians who attempt to dominate their way of thinking and set a code for their, their, their living. This is the protest against the system. I see a lot of trouble coming in the dawn, end of quote. And once again, Mick Jagger, who turns out to be a well, self-professed Satanist. But he does, in the Satanist, he does bring up some very good points there. And clearly, uh, government psyops and it comes to the pop industry and uh, keep people from really uh, empowering themselves. If you look at the music today and music that we make, it's catchy and as rhythmic as it is and, uh, and um, how it draws you in and doesn't allow you to come out. <clears throat> Uh, it's all for mind control and it keeps you from uh, self-empowering yourself. Um, if my generation, the generation before, had an opportunity to really improve oneself and develop independence from the this, this state, which includes Christianity, I mean, unfortunately that's the reality of the situation. There's a church in every corner that the government uses, along with the uh, international banking, these cabals, these internationalists, and then the, uh, the ruling elites, the oligarchy, I've been using all these different forms, whether it's Christianity, it could be Judaism, it could be Mohammedism, it could be any of the isms, it really doesn't matter, it's all a form of keeping you from having any independence and living in reality. Because the moment uh, there was a critical mass happened where people woke up to the dilemma of how enslaved they are mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, and they know this, and they're probably going to let the the genie out of the bottle here pretty soon. You see how that's been the police has been militarized, getting ready for the inevitable. I don't think there's much money can can do about any of this. And unfortunately, the vast majority of us are just uh, drifting in the wind, if you will, going down, driving, yeah, like sheep. And they call us sheep and all that and make fun of us, but you know that's what we are. If you're not given the end of Autonomy and uh, independence, what are you going to be? The freedom of thought. The point now that the nucleus of the family is pretty much ridiculous. I mean, my own personal experience with the other half, and the females that I had relationships with, it all not very, wasn't all that great. And that was on both sides. I didn't know how to be a man, and they didn't know how to be a woman. So they don't expect you to know how to. And by the time you do figure it out, it's your half a century old, and what's the point? You know? Go back to this. Everything was beautiful until the insanity began. The CIA got into the business of altering human behavior in 1947. Quote, Project Paperclip, end of quote. An arrangement made by CIA Director Alan Dulles, 
We know there's connections with the um, with Rome and the um, and uh, the Jesuits, right? And Richard Helms brought 1,000 Nazi specialists and their families to the United States. They were employed for military and civilian institutions. Some Nazi doctors were brought to our hospitals and colleges to continue further experimentations on the brain. American and German scientists working with the CIA and the military started developing every possible method of controlling the mind. Uh, and they got the LSD, which is lysergic acid diethylamide, diethylamide was discovered at the Sandoz Laboratories. That's S-A-N-D-O-Z. Basel, Switzerland. There you go. In 1939, by Albert Hoffman. That doesn't sound very good. This LSD was pure. No other ingredients were added. The U.S. Army got interested in, in LSD for interrogation purposes in 1950. After May of 1956 until 1975, the U.S. Army Intelligence and U.S. Chemical Corps quote, experiment with hallucinogenic drugs, end of quote. The CIA and the Army spent $26,501,446. Mind you, this is back now in 1976, right? And then what may Russell could get, right? As far as information goes. Uh, testing, LSD, code name EA, 1729, and other chemical agents. Contracts went out to 48 different institutions for testing. The CIA was part of those projects. They concealed their their participation by contracting to various colleges, hospitals, and prisons, mental hospitals, and private foundations. The LSD, I will refer to, is the same type of LSD that the CIA use because of the similarity of symptoms between their reports and what happened to musicians and hippies in the 19, after 1967. We shall be speaking of CIA slash or dash LSD, not pure LSD. The government agent and the ability excuse me, government agents and the ability to cause permanent insanity identical to schizophrenia without physician or family knowing what has happened to the victim. Quote, no physical examination of the subject is required prior to the administration of LSD. A physician need not be present. Physicians might be called for the hope they would make a diagnosis of mental breakdown, which would be useful in discrediting the individual who was the subject of the CIA interest. Richard Helms, CIA director, argued the administration administrating drugs 
including poisonous LSD, might be an individual's might be on individuals who are unwitting, as this is the only realistic method of maintaining the, capabil- the capability. Considering the intent uh, intended operational uses to influence human behavior as the operational target will certainly be unwitting. Senate report to study governmental operations with respect to intelligence activities. Book 1, page 401, April 1976. And I'll stop there. Next time we do a recording, I'll put some more of that. Now we'll go back into uh, biblical errancies. And if we look at Christendom and its connections with well, we know that you know the two of the most important branches of the uh, oligarchy's uh, ability to rule the masses is through fiat currency and fractional banking and usury, and then there's religion. What is? I wonder. Uh, Karl Marx. Karl Marx. We say here the full thing. Marx. Full quote. On religion. Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, the soul of soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. So once again, I know, you know, yeah, we're looking at a guy that's got questionable backgrounds and obviously wasn't connected with the ruling link to begin with, but that's okay. That's We're not... Supporting communism, and at least I'm not. <laughs> Marx's contributions to the critique of Hegel's philosophy of right. An interesting same period as uh, in this country, this corporation of the United States of America, and all the. the Increasing this, the propping up of all of these different cults like Seventh Day Adventists and uh, and uh, well, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and even uh, the Mormons. Um, let's go back to getting the full quote. That you never hear this. There was this, uh, you know, Clark, Charles, Karl Marx. Says, you know, religion is the opiate of, of the masses. Well, this is real quote says, religion is the sigh of oppressed creature, of the oppressed creature, the heart of a harpless world, and the soul of soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. Well, if one looks at one's circumstances, Fully, one can only come to one conclusion 
that you are a slave and that you're under a, a terrible situation. We all live in boxes, traveling in boxes and four wheels. They're all boxed in, even you know where I live, my part of the country. Every square mile is, is gridded out. Um, the government obviously does use Christendom and religion and other you know institutions like that. At least it has as a way of control. I see one pastor after another, just in my own area. Not all of them make a lot of money, but those that really prosper, being a pastor, you have to ask yourself, why do they make the money and have the big house? And why is the other guy not? I mean, they're selling the same bit of goods. What's going on? And uh, So what can one do? One can only do is just start asking some serious questions. Uh, it might, on the end of the day, it just might be a maddening, a maddening exercise where the only time you, the only thing you're going to get out of this is a realization of how you can't can, you can't do much about anything. So, uh, but if they if they're shooting a thousand darts at you. Maybe the best thing you can only do is throw a few darts back at them. <laughs> Maybe that's what it comes down to, you know what I mean? Quote, the believers in the Bible, this is back to the biblical errancy. Uh, the believers of the Bible are loud in their denunciation of what they are pleased to call the immoral literature of the world. Yet few books have been published containing more more filth than the inspired word of God, in quotes. I'm putting that in quotes. Until these passages are expunged from the Old Testament, it is not a fit book to be read to either old or young. There are chapters that no gentleman would read in front of a lady, and the time will come when mankind will wonder that such a book was ever called inspired, end of quote. Some of Mistakes of Moses by Engelson Works, volume 2, one, page 177. Quote, if the Bible is not obscene, what book is? The Christian world should never say another word against immoral books until it makes the inspired volumes clean. Well, if you do that, then they pretty much just absolutely admitted that that, that it's not um, the inerrant word of God. Uh, These vile and filthy things were not written for the purpose of conveying or enforcing moral truth, but seem to have been written because the author loved an unclean thing. Some of the mistakes of Moses, Engelson. Ingersoll Works, Volume 2, page 178. Quote, the good book, one of the most remarkably uh, euphemisms ever coined, and a quote, Ashley Montagu, uh, Dialogue and Debate. Now we're here to the next letter. Letter four. 
Michael uh, Hohenstein of Dayton, Ohio. You can't tell this guy. This is from my state. And I never even heard about this guy until a couple days ago. So, Dear Mr. McKenzie, thank you for reading the track, quote, In Devil's Hell, in the quote, ED, uh, that I sent you. I hope that you'll also read the track, quote, Today's Keys to Everlasting Life, in the quote, that I close this time. You have asked me, quote, to respond in kind. Read biblical errancy, in a quote. I have read issue November, issue number two. You said that my track avoided the issue, quote, your track avoids the evidence entirely, in a quote. However, that is not true. The issue I pointed out See, letter one, February 1983, issued, is that you, Mr. McKenzie, quote, must be born again, end the quote. Well, I have a question. How do you know that I, Michael Adams, am not born again? How do you know that God's not revealing to me, giving me eyes to see clearly what's going on around me? What evidence do you have or anybody else has to prove that I am not born again or anybody else is not born again. Have I denied that Jesus is the Christ? Is that what it comes down to? A denial of who Jesus Christ says he is? All right. The track dealt with that subject alone. You need to be saved more than anyone I know. The reason why I say that is because you are so bent on trying to prove the Bible false. Holy Spirit must really be reproving you of sin to avoid the point. You are trying to air condition hell. You're trying to air condition hell. I don't know what that means. There are no air conditioners in hell, just hot all the time. Wouldn't that be amazing if at the end of the day it's flipped like everything else is and the people who are devout Christians and up to the ones that go to hell? Just a question. The issue, therefore, is are you, Mr. McKenzie, born again? Please answer that question openly. Be open with your readers. The front page of your, quote, periodical, end of quote, states that you provide a hearing for apologists. Why did you print the track, the first track he sent in toto? So why didn't you print the track, the first track he sent in toto? Why refer to it out of context? You're not providing much of a hearing when you won't present all the evidence. Hold on a second. 
plug in my headset. It's, it's running low on batteries. Okay, where was that with this? Okay. Uh, why refer to it out of context? You are providing much of a hearing when you are not providing much of a hearing when you won't present all the evidence which the other side has to offer. Having made my point, I will proceed by the grace of God to correct your periodical to be continued. Editor's response to letter four, part one. Since your letter is long, Mike, I will respond, and this is how it's so much this way has been with brothers and sisters in Christ incapable of thinking and listening automatically knee-jerk reactions judgments of each other it certainly does not demonstrate anything uniquely different about ourselves compared to other people Since your letter is long, Mike, I will respond to one section at a time and this and subsequent issues. First, I read your small track. Quote, today's key to everlasting life, I found it to be erroneous in several major respects. First, it claims to know the specific procedures one must follow in order to be saved. As I showed in the March 1983 commentary of biblical errancy. This could not be done since the Bible is hopelessly inconsistent in this regard. Second, it claims all have sinned, which clearly contradicts such verses as Genesis 6 9 and Job 1 1. See January 1983's issue, page 3. Third, the following verses. And your tract, Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment contradicts First Timothy, First Thessalonians 4.17, excuse me, First Thessalonians 4.17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now remember audience relevancy and the fact that this, as we just, the Perusia, we demonstrated that it was not directed to you and I in 2016, allegedly. But of that generation, supposedly in the first century AD, that's something you just have to absorb, I guess. Uh, it sucks, you know, you spend a whole... Uh, uh, so much time, and then you find out once again you're wrong. About just, uh, but you know, I think it seems to be the greatest uh, in the life is just a, a revelation of how wrong you are about so many things. And it's not uniquely Mike Adams; it's a plague that plagues all of humanity. All of humanity is wrong about the vast majority of things. And this is a consequence of living in an oppressive and fascistic and uh, and uh, 
what would you say, a um, a social and um, segregationist type of society where they they they, they fracture us, divide and conquer the average man and woman. And for compliance and, and being a good little slave, will give you entertainment in the and a, and a television. It's been recognized as a military weapon itself. So, Second Kings two eleven, there appeared a chariot of fire and a horse of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up with a whirlwind into the heavens. Hebrews eleven five by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God, in a quote, see Genesis 5.24. Each of the latter verses clearly shows an instance in which people have gone to God without dying. Fourth, the tracks say, quote, you must admit that you're a sinner who deserves to die and go to hell, end of quote. According to Christian beliefs, this is true of anyone the moment he becomes a human being. But biblical errancy demonstrated in January 1983 issue, the original sin is patently unjust on his face and could not possibly be sanctioned by a just God. There is not now never has been and never will be an adequate answer as to why humanity is being punished allegedly for what one man, Adam, did. Quote, the absurdity of the doctrine known as the fall of man gave birth to that other absurdity known as, quote, the atonement, end of quote, so that now it is Insisted, insisted that as we are rightfully charged with sin of someone else, we can rightfully be credited with the virtues of another. End of quote. The orthodoxy, excuse me, orthodoxy. In quotes, Ingersoll Works, Volume Two, Page Three Seventy. The uh, and fifth, the pamphlet states, quote, God is holy and righteous. There is no sin in him, end of quote. Although this may be true of God, it is in direct opposition to, quote, his, end of quote, book's description of him. According to, quote, his, end of quote, book, he not only violated his own Ten Commandments by killing individuals, telling people to lie, causing adultery, ordering stealing, but committed a wide assortment of other despicable acts. Biblical errancy, March 1983, page 5, as Thomas Paine and Robert Ingersoll said, quote, a false friend, an unjust judge, a braggart, a hypocrite, a tyrant, sincere in hatred, jealous, vain and revengeful, false in promise, honest, and curse, suspicious, ignorant, 
infamous and hideous such is the god of the Pentateuch, quote, and that's in that quote, some miracles, excuse me, some mistakes of Moses in Saul works. The next quote is, all our, all our ideas of the justice and goodness of God revolt at the impious cruelty of the Bible. It is not God, just and good, but of a devil under the name of God that the Bible describes, quote, the age of reason, and to quote Thomas Paine, 198. Twelve, a book so full of contradictions and wickedness could not be the word of God, and we dishonor God by ascribing to it him. And to quote the Life and Works of Thomas Paine, volume 9, page 77. So obviously this guy is a big fan of Thomas Paine. Humanist, right? Uh, quote, for in my opinion, the Bible is a gross libel against the justice and goodness of God in almost every part of it. End of quote. Age of Reason, Thomas Paine, page 199. Quote, as I never will believe any book that ascribes cruelty and injustice to God, I Therefore, reject the Bible as unworthy of credit. End of quote. Age of Reason, Thomas Paine, 199. Quote, I seek to rescue the reputation of the deity. End of quote. What we must do to be saved. End of quote. Ingersoll's work, volume 1, 470, page 70. You stated in your letter, Mike, that the issue is, quote, you must be born again. End of quote. But that is by no means the issue. The issue is, quote, is the book from which that statement comes valid? Is the word, is it the word of God? End of quote. What the real issue, if it isn't God's word, who cares what it says? It's no more inspired and deserves more, no more credence than any other book. Tom Paine could not have said it better. Quote, but before anything can be admitted as proved by the Bible itself must be proved to be true. For if the Bible be not true, or if the truth of it doubtful, it ceases to have authority and can not be admitted as proof of anything. The Age of Reason, Thomas Paine. 189, page 189, excuse me. You say, I need to be saved, but the truth is, you need to be aware of the fact that you have accepted a book, adopted its precepts, and expounded its teachings without investigating its validity and performing a reasonable, intelligent critique of its content. Now, I'm guilty of that, folks. I am. I read it, but they didn't connected pieces there's so much and it's so you know it's so well it's it's written in such a way that it causes you to just uh, not be able to think critically and either you submit to it out of desperation as have I been 
in these, you know, it's been a really tough seven years of my life. That seven years of my life has been extremely difficult and tough. And um, out of desperation to find some kind of meaning. Um, do I reject God? No, I'm still looking for God. Do I believe God? Yes, I do. Uh, how can anyone not believe there's an uh, intelligent designer out there, a uh, creator God that created the, the heavens and the earth and the, all the diversity of life? But I have a hard time believing at this point that men are operating under uh, his true rules, his the inspiration of God. I just can't see it. I just hear people claiming that they are. If I'm honest, that's what this journey is about. It's about trying to be honest. And if it, if I end up shooting myself in the foot a thousand times to get to that point, then I'm going to. I apologize for anybody that's being that might be confused about hearing what I have to say and who's followed my journey. I'm not at war with you, not at war with anybody, except lies and deception. I want to know the truth. And a lot of things are full circle, which is really weird, because I'm back to basically who I was five years ago. The only difference is I've, well, my health is worse. I'm a single father. Um, from really, uh, you know, I'm in object poverty because of the health issues. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I still have hope and faith that there is a God. It's self-evident that that's out there. There's something, somebody, an intelligent mind created all that is. You can't just happenstance be. Nothing is in happenstance. Um... I now know, understand why, uh, how government actually works. They can put the pieces together with uh, the banking industry along with the uh, church. Which, by the way, even if I never done any of this stuff, and I would imagine that every man and woman should distinctly be able to see this, the assault, assault that's being waged against you and I through religion, through the banking uh, through banking and through um, all the false information out there and all the mind control techniques. And your options are so limited. Unless you're a man or woman who has a lot of money and um, can create your a reality for yourself. Um, most of us were... We are living in a labyrinth, intenuous at best is our circumstances, so it's really bad the circumstances we're in. You say that I need to be saved, but the truth is you need to be aware of the fact that you have accepted the book and adopted the precepts and expounded its teaching without investigating its validity and performing a reasonable, intelligent 
critique of his content. Apparently you are so desperate for something to believe and that you are willing to minimize or ignore all the contradictory contrary contrary information. And that's basically who I've been, folks. I mean, he's talking about me. As I told some college students recently after a protect, protracted discussion, quote, as long as it looks good, sounds good, feels good, seems to make sense, you'll do, you don't care whether it's true or false. Having something to believe in is more important to you than the accuracy of that which you believe, end of quote. Francis Bacon, the philosopher, said it well, quote, man prefers to believe what he prefers to be true, end of quote. And this will be the end of this recording. Then maybe I'll do another one. So, what a mess. What an intellectual, spiritual, physical... soul-crushing mess we live in. And you know what? You just got to smile and say, you have a good attitude. And the good attitude means don't say anything at all. Well, I believe in God, and God believes, I believe God makes men differently. Each man differently have different personalities. And I don't believe for a minute God made me to sit back and just not say something about how impressive mine and your circumstances is. And you know what? If success means sucking it up, taking it up the rear, and for, you know, forgetting about what was put as reality in order to have a few more trinkets, like some stupid animal in, a, in an experiment, no way, I don't want that. You know, you can have it, I don't want it. I'd rather be alone and isolated and knowing something about reality than not. I've tried desperately this past year to make heads and tails of the Word of God. And um, could I have done more? Sure, I can. But you know what? I'm battling MS and raising a five-year-old boy all by myself. And, uh, you know, I have nothing against Christians in a day for say. And in a day, I might still just be a Christian. But the type of Christian I'm going to be is the one that's based on reality more than it, uh, the closest to reality as I can find, let's put it that way. Closest to reality. And when I look at the, the Word of God and how it's been morphed and changed inconsistencies and um, you look at the behavior of Jews and Judo-Christianity you look at the sister religion of Mohammedism and how these repressive movements and religions have caused the misery and suffering of billions of people, not millions, billions of evil. Tack it in with the usury the banking system, and there is no freedom of thought. Now, I understand why we as men and women 
reach for religion because of a desperation. And we might even believe in it. I mean, do I not believe in Christ? I hope there's a Savior, and I hope there's eternal life, and I hope there's a chance to be around the truth someday. That's what my hope is in. That's what my faith is in. But I have to tell you, if I look at what I've done this year, as far as the concentration on uh, the Bible, the Word of God, uh, studying it, and that, did I master it? No. You know, it's, it's a lot of pages, a lot of, well, incoherent gibberish. And that's not, you, know, it could, you could say it's just because it's the King James Version. It's, it's uh, Shakespearean gibberish. But you know what? It could be modern-day language that still would be kind of, it just would not make much sense. A lot of inconsistencies. Maybe even more. Point being all this is that I I think I had a better relationship with God and Christ before I started studying the Bible seriously. And since I started studying the Word of God, I think it's it's actually caused more damage than good in my faith in the Lord and in, in God. So, and I don't think I'm alone at this. I think there's a lot of people that this is what they go through. So, and I have to tell you that I, I it felt like I was much closer to God. Uh, and many times without reading the quote-unquote Word of God. So, But we're going to challenge this anyways. We're going to go down this road. I'm going to go down it. If I have to do it alone, you can join me if you want. You don't have to. I understand. If you don't want to, a lot of people who listen to this show are Bible-believing Christians. But what do you actually believe in? What do I actually believe in? Do we even know what we believe in? Well, you know, one thing we're going to have to do is credibility, if you're really interested in having other people come to Christ, is to get honest about the circumstances that we're under and the um, inconsistencies and contradictions in the Word of God. If you're not willing to do that, you're not much of an, a truth uh, person who's following the way, truth, and life. You're just following your way, truth, and life at the end of the day, Right? Anyways. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.